Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. It is International Women's Day. Um, So in respect of all the hardworking women out there getting after it, kicking ass, I decided I'm going to sit down today and I'm going to record an episode for you. And this is uh, specifically, this episode is going to be geared towards those females um, and the emergency services and military and those really tough alpha male dominated jobs. Um, I'm going to try to talk about PTSD in the ranks of our women that serve. And I am going to try to do this from a man's point of view. Um, I obviously am not a woman. I haven't converted yet. Um, I have not had that surgery. So I don't understand it um, from your point of view. So bear with me. Uh, I am going to try to talk about this uh, in a little bit of detail. Um, Tell me how I did after the episode. I'm hoping that I represent you guys appropriately. Um, I have messages pouring in left and right um, because I've actually asked a few ladies if they would help me kind of guide me uh, down this road, uh, if you will. So before we get to that, got some shit I want to bitch about. Um, first of all, you know, you ever had a morning where something negative happens in the morning and you immediately think, man, is this going to be my entire day? Well, that, that happened to me just this morning. I, uh, I'm back home, Charleston, and I take my coffee outside. This is my ritual. I go outside with Turkey Sue, my dog, and we sit by the pool and we watch the sun come up and we listen to the birds and I got my head back and the sun is shining and it was it was during that golden hour when that sun is just beautiful and everything is just like the light hits it perfectly and it's just beautiful. And I see this beautiful black bird flying over and he's he's making his noises and all that and uh as I'm looking up he 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 shit and it fell right in front of my feet and had he been an inch to the right I would have I would have probably wore it in my face and I just sat there and I couldn't help but laugh and I was like what's this day going to turn into um yeah so that was that was kind of funny and uh I got up and I was like let me get inside I was like I got work to do and I came inside and I sat down and I did an Instagram live because still Instagram is not really letting you guys know 
Um, unless you're subscribing to these podcasts, when I put it on Instagram, I have 12,000 followers almost on Instagram. And when I post something about the podcast, only less than a hundred people get to see it. It's weird. And it's just, it kind of sucks for me because I'm really trying to, uh, get this word out and I can't do it without you guys sharing everything. So I'm trying to find ways around that. So I go to my Instagram live story this morning and I start talking. And I start talking shit just like I like doing because I'm a shit talker. That's what I do. It's the background I come from. And we had a good good group of people in the chat. And uh, it was going well. And I thought everything was fine. And then I got off of Instagram and somebody's feelings were hurt. Yep. You heard it. But hurt. And I'm going to read the message that was sent to you. So here, here's where I'm coming from, man. You guys know me. I'm all about being positive, about lifting people up. I'm never about beating people down, but I am a jokester. That's what I do. I talk shit, and I include people in my humor. But here's the cool thing. I make fun of me just as much as I do everybody else. So I actually probably talk more shit about myself than I do other people. So if if your feelings get hurt easily, I'm probably not the guy that you want to be following, right? And I'm going to read this to you. And look, everybody handles things differently. So I can't say that this is petty. Um, But here's the message. This follower wrote, "Not not that it should matter to you, but I'm a grown woman with a husband and children. I have referred many people to your podcast, some of who were listening this morning, and I was listening with my husband. I was merely attempting to be nice when I said goodbye to that person in the chat and didn't expect to be called out by you. I was embarrassed and I'm upset to say the least. Someone with PTSD ought to know better than to be so unkind and rude because you never know where the next person's head is. Now, I'm going to give you some context. This turned out to be a young lady who got her feelings hurt because of this. When I'm, when I'm on Facebook Messenger, I have my phone set up on a stand and it's across my desk or not Messenger on uh, Instagram Live. It's, it's across the desk and all I can see are little subtitles of names. I have to squint to see who's writing what um, and everybody has a code name and this name on this account is that of a man's name. Okay, so all, all I saw was that and I don't know if she's using her husband's account or what, but it's a man's name. I don't call people out. And all I said was this. She said, see you later at so-and-so. Okay. And I made a reference because we were just talking about Grindr, the app for uh, men that meet other men, which a, if that's your thing, go get it, baby. I don't, I don't discourage anybody that wants to be with anybody, but I just said this. I said, Hey, you two carry that over to Grindr. I was like, this is not a, this is not a dating or a hookup site. I was like, we're talking about other stuff. Um, so stop flirting. That's all it was. It was me trying to make fun of what I thought was a guy using the at symbol to talk to another guy in one of my chats. That was it. Boom. Here's what I'm getting at. This turned out to be a young woman. She messaged me and she was offended. Here's the problem. If you're that offended by something, clearly you want to be offended. You're looking for a reason to be offended. And I definitely am not the dude to be following because I say a lot of offensive shit. Not, Not that I'm trying to be be offensive, but there's just no filter with me. And I come from these worlds. I lived in these worlds where that's how we cope. That's what we do to get by. We talk shit. 
And to tell someone how they should or should not behave, me being that I have PTSD and I shouldn't say things like, look, first of all, don't don't try to be my doctor. You're not. Um, I was actually very nice when I responded back to this person. I said, it does matter to me. Um, sounds to me like you may have taken it uh, the wrong way because I do mess with everybody. And that was it. It was left at that. But that's what I'm getting at. That's this cancel culture. That's this everybody has feelings and, and, and they, want, they want to easily be offended by shit. And it's just it's so annoying because I'm not going to be a guy that lives on my knees apologizing to every single fucking person in the world who gets offended by what I say or gets a little bit butthurt. If this isn't for you, unfollow me. I mean, it's that simple. Like I'm not trying to be the biggest Instagram account out there. I'm not trying to be a guy that has this mega, mega audience. You know what I want? I want the people that want to connect with me to connect with me. And I want to connect with them. And that's what I was talking about in other episodes. Chances are that person and I have nothing in common. And I talk about that in previous episodes where people don't get people like us. They just don't get us. And even if you're married to someone, sometimes you don't get them. You know, if your husband's a fireman or a cop or whatever, you may not get him either. And that, that causes problems in relationships that causes issues with the people we date. And I know I'm on point because I've just talked with three different female, um, emergency service workers today who all date people in the emergency services because they cannot relate to people outside of them. One of them, I told her, I said, girl, it would be impossible for you to date a banker, right? Because you don't relate. She's like, yeah, Travis, I've only dated cops, military, and firefighters. And that's why we stay in those circles. So getting back to my point, this shit where people are so offended and this cancel culture and they want everybody to like apologize for everything. Get the fuck out of here with that. I can't, I, I'm not the dude for it. You know, I, I'm just not. And it's not that I love, I, I, it's not that I don't care. I just, I've been through too much shit in my life to waste time worrying about everybody's feelings. And if that sounds insensitive, you're probably one of those insensitive or one of them very uh, overly sensitive people that I'm talking about. You know, I'm not being mean, but this is who I am. I'm not filtered. There's no bullshit with me. Get over it. Life's tough. There's more shit to be worried about and concerned about than me saying, take that shit over to grinder because you used an at sign with a Dude, you got a dude's name on your account. You know what I mean? So whatever. I'm not even going to address. Uh, I, I made I made a, a promise to myself today. I'm not even going to address people anymore if they come at me with some bullshit like that. I'm just I'm just going to delete it. I tried doing the right thing and saying, you know what? Maybe you read a little bit too much into that. But I'm not going to get into justifying myself anymore. I am who the fuck I am. It is who it is. And it is what it is. Excuse me. You want to hear some sick humor? I'm going to get into this episode. So when I was a, um, this is how we deal with stuff. This is why we're the way we are. I was working engine 16 on the west side of Charleston one time. I was driving and we catch a call at nighttime. I don't remember. I know it was dark out. I don't remember if it was wee morning hours or, or late at night, but it was dark. And we catch a call for a uh, sheriff's deputy in a motor vehicle accident pinned in the vehicle in the woods. And obviously, man, it kind of just gave me chills because that's one of our own, even though it's a police officer, you know, we, we, we do different jobs. We're still part of that brotherhood emergency services. So you're, uh, 
your radar goes up a little bit, a little higher, and, and your your intensity kind of goes up a little bit, and you get a little bit more focused. Not that you're less focused for other people, but it's one of our own. So we step it up, we get there, and sure as shit, this uh, this police cruiser, it's a county county deputy, is up in the woods. I mean, he's in the woods. The mud, there's mud all over his car. Um, he's screaming. I'm not gonna say his name because I'm friends with this dude, and I don't want to embarrass him. Um, so I get up to the car and I, I recognize him right away because when I was a police officer, he and I, although we worked different uh, agencies, we worked the same jurisdiction, right? He was county, I was city cop, and we uh, we ran, uh, we did uh, drug and drug interdiction together up on the interstate. And so I get up there and I'm like, I say, like, oh shit, bro! I was like, uh, hey, it's Travis, man. I'm here, blah 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 blah. And he was he was upset, man. He he's like, man, I think my fucking legs are broke, man. And uh, he had a bald head. And he had a prisoner in the back. And what happened was he, he somehow lost control of his vehicle, just going to the jail and sh- shot up in the woods. And his car was banged up. And he wasn't about him, his faculties. He was very scared. And it was obvious. I mean, that car was fucked up. And they were both pinned in there pretty good. And the prisoner's in the back. He's handcuffed. He's okay. But the deputy is almost crying because he, 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 you could tell he, he, he feared like this is it. And he had a bald head. I'll never forget. And there was mud. There was like little specks of mud on his head and the mud droplets I'm trying to paint a picture here were, uh, were probably, they were cold cause it was wet and he could feel that on his head. And I remember him looking over at me with these scared eyes and he's like, Travis, something's on my head. What is that? And I looked down at him and cause I knew he's going to be okay. He was just fucked up a little bit. <laughs> This is this is what I said in his time of need. You ready? I said, "Oh, bro," I said, "It ain't good, man. That's that's your brains coming out of your head." <laughs> and he started freaking. He's like, "Oh, fuck no, man. Am I dying? Am I dying?" I was like, "Yeah, it's not looking good." And and this is me now. Like this is what you were getting. And the prisoner in the back was laughing his ass off because he was now sitting up and he could see through the cage. It was just mud. And and he he called he called out my friend. He goes, "Man, stop being a bitch!" <laughs> and I'm dying laughing. My buddy who's pinned in the car is like, "Why are you laughing?" And I was like, "Dude, just calm down. It's mud. You're fine. Your fucking leg is broke. That's about it." Or I think it was his broke leg or arm. Once something was broken, and then uh, we cut him out of the car, and that was it. So in his time of need, that's what you got. So this is the sixth sense of humor you got to deal with in emergency services. But I can't tell you people on the other end of this shit. You know. You know how it is. Damn it. 13 minutes in, I haven't even started talking about my topic, but that's how I like to roll. I like to um, I like to talk a little bit, kind of be a little fluffer, if you know what I mean. Mm. All right, let's get serious. Let's talk about our women in uniform. Let's talk about... The PTSD that they experience and how difficult it must be for them. Now, I know how difficult it was for me. And here I am. I was an alpha male in a very alpha environment hiding that shit. Now, let me, the culture that I come from, I'm going to say this. um, It was different back then. It wasn't as welcoming to females back then. As it is now. 
and the culture has changed a lot and it's and it's much more welcoming. So I cannot imagine how hard it is already for women coming onto this job and into these professions. I I'm I'm gonna say this with um I'm not ashamed, but I guess it was the way that I was groomed. It was that hey, this is this is a dude's only job back when I came on. And I only saw one or two in the fire service when I was on the job. I only saw one or two females in our department, and uh, they weren't there too long. And you get that you get that macho mentality. And, and I mean, we're being honest. I'm just being honest and transparent. And I wasn't too welcoming myself, you know, because I I come from these worlds of military, police, and fire, where I thought, yeah, this is this is a man's world. But you know what? I have really changed my mind with that especially you know over the, as as I grow older and wiser um I have daughters and it w- it makes me sick to think that I actually thought that way but I'm not going to make excuses I was groomed that way if that makes sense um and when you're groomed a certain way you know that that mentality that you have it's there um and it's no different than when I was on one fire department we prided ourselves over other local fire departments because that was driven into us. Like we're better than you kind of thing. And that mentality has since I I believe subsided a lot since I was on the job, but that's just how it goes. And I mean, you're, you're, you're taught that way. You're coached up that way. And it's not the correct way. And the reason this is going to be difficult for me to talk about is because I'm not going to try to sit here and pretend that I was always the most welcoming individual on the job when it came to women. Um, just like women in the military, I had my opinions when women first started going into the infantry and, but I've since changed all of that. And I think that's important as people and as humans, as we grow, we don't always have to stay in the same mindset and we continue to evolve. And as I believe, as we get older, we obviously become more wiser. Um, that's why I'm at a fucking happy spot in my life at 42, almost 43 years old. And I love being where I am. I love the mentality I have now versus when I was 20, So I want to say this, I am proud of every single woman out there who is selflessly dedicated herself to these professions, these brotherhoods that we have in emergency services in the military. My hat is off to you. Um, Being that this is International Women's Day, I thought this was a great time to record this episode. I already did one episode on girl power. And like I said, my daughters depend on you and I depend on you to keep setting that good example for them. Now that I'm a girl dad, you know, um, I would love to watch them, um, grow up and become strong, independent, successful women. And it's because of the ladies out there like yourself kicking ass, doing what you do. So thank you. And I want to get into, I had to paint this picture for, for this, for this audience, because I don't want to approach this subject like I know what it's like to be a woman. I know what it's like to actually be unwelcoming, the unwelcoming male in the firehouse. And that's why I'm trying to be transparent with this. Back when I was on the job, if we would have had a woman walk in our firehouse, I guarantee you we would have been like, motherfucker. And we would have been immediately would have had doubts and um, been judgmental. And not have even given this woman an opportunity to prove herself, you know, not that she would have to, she's there, she deserves to be there, but we wouldn't even have given her the chance. And I guess we would have, from where we sat, I guess we would have, 
you know, welcomed, but behind closed doors, we, we would have probably had our, our own opinions, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, we don't in the firehouse, look, we have opinions about everybody. You know, people had opinions about me. I had them about other people, but here's what I know now. After getting out there, I'm off the job. I actually travel the country and I get to see these women that are out there getting after it. And it amazes me. And I actually, I have seen men who cannot do this job, who cannot do be an effective law enforcement officer, who cannot be an effective fucking EMT paramedic or a firefighter. I've seen men in the military who are ineffective. And then you see women who are very effective. So here's my 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 opinion on this now. If you can do this job and you can be effective at what you do, then you fucking a right you deserve to be there. The people can look to their left and right no matter what gender it's stand that is standing there and they can depend on you when shit gets bad. My hat's off to you and you deserve to be right where the fuck you are. So, having said that, let's get let's get into PTSD with women and kind of how I, I believe it can com- be complicated, if not more so for the girls and on the job, the ladies on the job, than the men. And here's why, I think. And forgive me if this sounds ignorant, because like I say, I'm not pretending to be to understand the women's point of view. But I have some, I have some guidance here that in my um, messenger on Facebook and and Instagram, and I'm going to read word for word some stuff that was sent to me. So you're going to have to bear with me. And I think this will make more sense as I if I read this versus just trying to to kind of ad lib it. So here we go. This young lady is a lieutenant in a very big fire department. Okay, and she has been there for over two decades. So take that for what it's worth, which should be a lot. Ready? She told me. Um, I'm not going to give the date. I'm not going to give her name because I always talk about anonymity on here. I want people to feel comfortable talking to me. So I'm just going to say this on a certain date. I started my downhill spiral. Hang on. Let me back up. Okay. On a certain date, I started my downhill spiral. I was working overtime at a slower station and thought it was going to be easy money and sleep all night around midnight, around 1 AM. We were alerted for a house fire with rescue. We were the fourth engine on scene as RIT, which stands for Rapid Intervention Team. For civilians that are listening, that engine company, the Rapid Intervention Team, they are designated. They don't grab hoses. They don't fight the fire. They pull up, and they are there in the event a firefighter needs to be rescued. That is their only job is to stand the fuck by to go in when shit breaks bad and pull our own out. Okay? Nobody likes being on the RIT team because it's not every day you get to do your job, but it is probably the most important job on that fire ground. One of is having a crew readily available to come get you when you need to be pulled out. So she goes on to say, as soon as we pulled up, a mayday was declared. Now a mayday for civilians listening is when a firefighter calls for help. Okay. By the time we got to the door, the first engine was pulling the firefighter out onto the porch to us. He didn't have his gloves on or face piece. I'll never forget looking at this young man's face and hands. We got him on the stretcher to the medic where the paramedics took him to the hospital. We then went back to firefighting and helping the truck crew get the victim out of the second floor window. Of course, it was hoarding conditions. Now, 
hoarding conditions. Obviously, they're going into a house that's with shit piled up from left to right, from top to bottom. And if you've never been in a situation like that, it's very scary. It's hard to move around. It's easy to get trapped and lost. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. After the fire was under control and we were waiting, our SISM team, which is Critical Incident Stress Management Team, leader saw me and took me with him back to the volunteer house where the firefighter was from to talk to the guys and see how they were doing. It was about 3 a.m. and two of the guys needed to go to the firefighter's sister's house to let her know about what her brother, about her brother getting injured and to get her to shock trauma. Those guys at the, on, on his crew, they looked at me and said, can you come with us to tell his sister? And she went further went on to say, I'm not going to say no, but hindsight, I should have said no because these guys trusted me. So I went, let me tell you, if you haven't ever told a loved one about their family member, oh my, it's not easily, especially when you wake their family up in the middle of the night to deliver grave news. That firefighter passed away from smoke inhalation a week later. What made it worse for me, it wasn't my shift or my station. I ended up doing doing SISM, Critical Incident Stress Management, being a part of the incident. Prior to this call in the winter, we had a fatal fire almost every, every I, guess there, I think this is a, a word was um, misspelled, but almost every tour maybe that we worked for four straight weeks. So it says trick. I know she didn't mean that. It's, this, the wording probably got changed up, but they had a fatal fire um, for four straight weeks that she was working and she was tired of working fatal fires. Being a strong female here, here, here it is. This is why I think it's difficult for women in emergency services with PTSD. Being a strong female, most people came to me for advice and questions. As always, I put that big smile on and would listen and talk to them. I would always be in mom mode. Think about that. But I was hurting inside and no one, I had no one to turn to being the busiest station in the department and didn't want to be viewed as weak. Now there it is words out of her mouth. I talk about this in my motivational speaking from the stage and I have fucking chills on my arms right now. Our culture as men, we are afraid to talk about it because it makes us feel or appear weak to have problems and to not, not be able to deal with the things that we do. So here it is coming out of a woman's mouth, a very respected woman in the, in the fire service who's been on a job. She's in a leadership position. She was afraid to talk because she would appear weak. And I promise you, if she had guys like me on her crew back when I was on the job and would have opened up to guys like me, that's exactly what we would have thought. And that's what we would have said. And it's embarrassing to admit that, but it is the goddamn truth. It is the absolute truth. And we, as her coworkers and brothers, should be ashamed of something like that because all we're doing is making it worse. If you can't, if you can't talk to us, who can you talk to? Right. And that's how we were. That's how I was. That's why I do what I do now. It's all bullshit. It's a fake tough guy syndrome. That's all it is. How shitty would you feel if she felt she could never come and talk to you and had all these problems and then went and harmed herself because she didn't even trust her own crew enough to be able to open up and talk to them. And it's harder for a woman because they're already judged on this fucking job. 
They're already against the grain, like already climbing and fighting an uphill battle, trying to prove themselves. So in the middle of trying to prove yourself, like, yeah, you're hard enough to do this job and you can do what it takes. Oh, and now you want to talk about your fucking feelings? You know, here it is. And that's what I'm talking about. We're humans. We're humans. We all have feelings. And we have... Um, but we have this inability to help ourselves. And we have this ability to judge our peers... And think less of them if they have problems. I, it blows my mind. I'm going to continue reading what she said. This was at a time in our department that our brass did not accept SISM, critical incident stress management, or peer support. So I know I get that. We didn't have it either back then. It was still the suck it up buttercup mentality. And I've talked about, this is me talking, not her. I've talked about that suck it up mentality over and over and over again. And I just, I just hit on that, that suck it up mentality that if you can't, if you can't take this, you don't need to fucking be here. That is what has been killing our people at astronomical rates because that's what we do. We just suck it up until there's nowhere for it to go. And the only way to let it out is with a fucking bullet in the head. She goes on to say, I was on another call with another shift at my station for a pedestrian struck. This guy was a pretzel. Literally, his feet were by his, by his head behind him, and his torso was twisted. The crazy part was the guy was still alive and talking to us. He didn't know he was going to die, but we all did. When the medevac arrived, the troopers untwisted this guy to straighten him out on the backboard to fly him. Just looking at this guy and talking to him was really hard to process, but I felt I couldn't say anything. Because of fear of being viewed emotional or a typical woman. Holy shit. If that doesn't get your nerves going, if that doesn't make your skin crawl, what will? Dudes, listen up. I know I know we got some bad motherfuckers on the job. But it doesn't make you any less bad motherfucker to stop and think about this for a second. And, and think about that woman that's on the job. And what she may be going through and how difficult it may be for her. You know, a lot of times we come onto this job and we peacock, we bow up and we try to appear a lot harder and stronger than what we are. Why? We do that because we want to be accepted and we don't want to be looked down upon as weak. So I know you, I know some of you motherfuckers are just as guilty of it too. You're not as tough as you pretend to be. So stop being so fucking tough. Stop being so bullheaded. And think about this. I mean, this hits home for me because I'm 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 not afraid to tell you I was that dude, but damn. Then she goes on to say, "I would just stuff that inside and flash that big smile and move on about my day." What made it worse for me is for both of those calls, I wasn't with my shift. When I was with my shift. And here it comes. You ready? When I was with my shift, I felt like I couldn't talk to them about these calls. I don't think they would understand what it's like to be on a line of duty death or see a guy so twisted that you know he was going to die. So that's another thing. The reason she didn't talk to her own shift is relatability issues. Okay? So just like in, in a relationship, we don't talk about what we go through because you won't relate. Some people in this business won't even talk to their own coworkers that weren't on a call with them because they can't relate. They didn't see it. 
They didn't feel it. They didn't smell it, and they didn't taste it in the air. They didn't hear the screams. Granted, they may have been on their own calls throughout time, but some some scenes are reserved for only those who were there. And you feel like you can't relate outside of that. So what do you do? You stuff it in, and you later fucking blow your brains out. I'm telling you. God damn it. I'm so glad she reached out to me. I feel as though we have to help everybody else at work and at home, but we never have time to help ourselves. Think about this. Moms need time to themselves. Now, think about a firefighter mom. When do they get the time? And she said, I hope it's understandable. Girl, let me tell you something. It is understandable. And it's it's powerful. And if you're listening to this, I hope you understand just how powerful that is. Try being a mom. Try being that mother that you got to care for your kids. You love your kids, protect your kids, provide for your kids. And then you go to work. And that motherly instinct is to what? To take care of all the dudes that you got at work too. To take care of them, provide for them, to help them, to shelter them from harm. And then when you need it, when you need it the most, you can't even get it. You can't even get it in return. Hang on, I got to let Turkey sue in. I had a... um. I had a quick phone conversation with this lady and uh, she said, you know, one of the, one of the hard parts too, and I never thought about this because I told her, I said, I'm, I need to, I need to speak with you so I can kind of understand a little bit about where you're coming from because I'm just a big dumb caveman and I need help. I'm not going to pretend like I know it all. I told her, I said, um, or she goes, you know, one of the hardest things is I, I know at times a lot of women need help that are mothers on this job. And there's one reason that they won't get help that a lot of men wouldn't understand. And I was like, please, what is it? And she goes, if I wanted to go to an inpatient facility for PTSD over this lengthy career that she's had to get help, what do I do with my kids? And dude, I had to sit back in my chair when I heard that some of these places have 30 day treatment programs that'll help you but she can't get the help that she wants because she's a mom and what fucking mom worth her salt is going to leave her children for 30 days. I'll tell you what she's going to do. She's going to avoid helping herself. She'll do the best that she can, but she's probably just like every other person I know with this shit buries it. She's going to bury it. And unfortunately her kids are going to pay for it somewhere else down the line unintentionally. Because she wasn't able to go get the help that she damn well deserved. Single mom on the job as a firefighter. What's she going to do? Put her kids with her neighbors for fucking 30 days? That's not what That's not what moms do. Think about that, guys. You think about that next time you're looking at a woman and you're sitting there when she's on the job. And you're having those thoughts like she doesn't deserve to be here. If you're having those thoughts, man, honestly, you don't deserve to be there. That's where I'm at these days. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I did learn something when I was a, when I was a police officer and, um, I learned just how valuable of an asset female cops are. 
I can't express this enough. I have watched female police officers talk down some of the most violent individuals that I've ever encountered just with their words, the way that they speak to them. It's called verbal judo in the streets. If you don't know verbal judo, that can be the difference of you going home in a fucking coffin or going home breathing. And these women are fucking black belts at verbal judo. Me, I was a white belt and every word out of my mouth caused fucking problems. I talk about this in my comedy. I was a guy on scene that when I would show up, I just made things worse and I didn't do it intentionally, but it was my presence. It was me. I was a, I was a jokester. I like talking shit. I've always been like this. And I, a guy that was kind of pissed off by the time I was done would be extremely pissed off. And that's just, it wasn't good. So these women, man, they, they are, they are fucking phenomenal. I was talking with a um, a friend of mine who's a, f- a female police officer this morning because I needed to speak with her about about this about um, women in the emergency services and she's she she goes man I'm not in the mindset right now to talk about any of this she goes I got spit some some bitch spit in my face last night and I told her I said God Almighty I said I couldn't imagine I, I mean I can't imagine because it's happened but policing now. It ain't what it used to be. There were consequences back in the day. There were not only consequences for your actions, there were consequences for your words back in the day and and old school law enforcement. Now, and there's guys that are even more old school than I am. And the way that we did things, they would scoff and laugh. But I'll tell you, ain't no way I could be a fucking cop today. She said, um, this is what I'm going to tell you, because this is exactly what I I told her I would have said. The girl spit in her face, and I guess my friend said something to her. So the girl that spit in her face was all drunk and high, and she apparently said that she was going to order a hit on the police officer, my friend. And see, that's where my shit talking would have would have would have fucked up, because I would have immediately said to her in an instant, "You're going to order a hit on me, bitch! You couldn't order a fucking pizza. Who the fuck? You, you know what I mean? Like I would have said something like that, and maybe without the bitch part, but." Dude, that's what I'm saying. And that that could cause somebody to come unglued. And that's why I'm not a police officer. That's why I don't need, I have no business being a police officer anymore. Like, I'm glad I did it. It was fun for the time that I had it. And, but man, hats off to you, to you fucking police officers out there doing what you do. I don't know how you do it today. Cause back, back in the day, mm-mm. I had another message. And this is this is what I'm going to get to, so I can show you just how just how these women in our in our business, if we're not helping them, I'm speaking directly to the men listening to this, to to my brothers. If we're not helping them, we're hurting them. And if we we don't provide that that outlet for them, you're not doing them any favors and shame on you, honestly. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read a story. This was just sent to me this morning. This is how real this is. All right. Hey, Travis, my name is blank and I've been a firefighter for 30 years. I'm also a regular listener to, um, the getting salty experience. And today I was able to catch up and listen to your episode with them. 
If you're not familiar, I was on a podcast called Getting Salty. It's, it's a firefighter podcast. Phenomenal podcast. Um, besides your crazy-ass stories, that had me shaking my head and laughing. Walking in on the... Uh, oh, wait. I told a story about... <laughs> I forgot about this. So I told a story when I was a police officer. I walked in on a girl that I was living with. I lived with her for four years. And I walked in on her one night, and she was in bed with another human being that was not a woman. I heard a bunch of moaning going on upstairs and I was outside of the door thinking, please be a woman, please be a woman. And it definitely was not a woman. Um, but you either have to read my book or go watch the getting salty experience episode and you can get the full story on that. Turned out to be a shit show. <clears throat> he said, uh, what I've seen and experienced, uh, reflecting on 30 years of this job, what I've seen and experienced, I've been lucky because I've had no lasting issues, thankfully, but I've seen others go through issues. And here it is. This is what I'm talking about. In fact, a younger female police constable on the Royal Canadian Mounted Police in a neighboring municipality took her own life by jumping from a bridge. 911 calls on her being on the uh, 911 took calls on her being on the edge of the bridge. And it was some of her own shift that found her below on the sidewalk as she laid there dead. Think about that. That was a police officer, female police officer, who felt she had no other option in this life than to jump to her death. And her own crew had to respond to it. Essentially, that's what we're doing, fellas, if we don't talk to and let let these women feel comfortable enough to talk to us at in in our in our environment. I don't know that situation. Those are that, those are the only details I have. But it breaks my heart to think that maybe she was going through something and could not talk to anybody about it, especially those that she worked so closely alongside of. That's that's, that's gut wrenching, and it's real. And this message honestly couldn't have come at a better time. Um, I appreciate him sending this. I hate that that had to happen. But what if we can prevent this? What if some stubborn, hard-headed motherfucker on the job out there like me, like I once was, can admit that he's wrong for maybe thinking the way that he thinks and can change his behavior and maybe save one of these female responders' lives by by stop being so, so bullheaded and so arrogant? And making them feel welcome, like they can come talk to talk to them, you know. I don't know what else to say with that. I mean, it's <clears throat> I'm like always. I hope this stuff makes sense because I just I get these thoughts and I have about like a thousand different things going on in my head, and it's hard for me sometimes to um, to process all of the thoughts with all of the correct verbiage. I'm, I'm it just breaks my heart knowing that that woman had to do that and, and that that was going on. Um, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, I, I do know. I know what it's like to not be able to talk to somebody. I've been there. But I'm not like that anymore because I, I realize the significance of being able to speak to someone. And when you get to that point to be able to go unload all of that baggage, you know, and to feel refreshed and energized, I understand that. And the old me was not like that. I, I buried it all until, you know, it's, it got really hard for me.
you know, I'm already at the, the limit here. And I got a message from another dear friend, and I might have to hit on this later. But long story short, she messaged me just before I was going to hit record on this. And I didn't have a whole lot of time to process it. And my mind was already thinking along the lines. Now, this lady's a police officer as well. And I was already thinking along the lines of the the um, the PTSD amongst the ranks. But she asked, she has a relationship uh, with a military man who's also a police officer. He has, you know, dual careers. And um, she said that, she knew him before his issue started, apparently, and, and I'm hope I'm getting this right because it, she knew him before his issue started, and it's like she's watched two different people. She's seen the good, and now she's seeing the the not so good, and doesn't really know how to how to accept that, or or, or I guess how to progress with that because it you know when somebody changes. It's it's one thing when you know somebody and that's always who they've been, but after they once they change, how do you handle that? How do you deal with that change? And do you, do you sit around for years, for months, weeks? What do you do? Do you sit around waiting for them to go back to the person that you once knew? I don't have an answer for that. Everybody is different when they struggle. Everybody. It takes time, it, it, but just how much time? So I know people that have had to walk away from relationships. It's not that they gave up, but they, the relationships got so hard for the person that was struggling that it infected everybody around them, and they just could not do it anymore. They, they had no more time, and they needed to get out and enjoy their life before it made it worse. So I, 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 like I say, I'm not the heal all. I'm not the cure with this. I don't have the answer. I don't pretend to have the answer. Um, I know in my instance, um, you know, I still work on me today. I'm nowhere near who I used to be. Not even, fuck, I'm not even close to the, to the man that I used to be. And I, I'm glad. I am leaps and bounds beyond where I used to be. But I'm a work in progress, you know. And I admit that. I, I know my weaknesses. And I feel like, honestly, I I feel like knowing my weaknesses and truly understanding them. I feel like that is my greatest strength that I have. And as long as you can have a communication or have some open line of communication, but between each other. And it sounds to me like, like she has that line of communication with him because he's opened up a little bit about some of his experiences. And I'm not going to read all of those. I think that's how you grow. And you understand like when he's triggered, you got to, you got to understand how to, uh, work, work with him instead of against him. But in turn, he's got to not be the victim. He's got to understand, Hey, I'm being triggered right now. I need to figure out a way that I can work through this and not make my problem your problem and not make my problem the kids problems or everybody else around him. And I think that's the only way to grow. Restraint, restraint, restraint. You always have to exercise restraint because what we want to do, sometimes we want to say something. We want to we want to act out. We want to justify the way that we're feeling. And all we do is dig our own hole, you know, because you're going to try to justify it as somebody that does not understand. And you sound like a crazy person. And then you just get more defensive. So 
this is a personal friend that reached out and I'm going to dig into this a little more. I'm going to, I'm going to have to read cause it's a very, very long message. I'm going to have to read through it again and uh, get back with her, uh, I guess a little bit more in depth, but I'm not trying to pretend to be a relationship advice person, but I do want to help people understand that this thing that we go through, it's very, very, very complex. I hope that with his issues, he will consider getting some kind of professional uh, help. You know, listening to this podcast is one thing, but I'm no professional and I can't offer medical advice, but I can offer insight onto kind of why we are the way that we are. Um, having said that, this episode, um, ladies, let me know if I did you any kind of justice um, with how I presented this topic today. Um, no, look, you're not going to hurt my feelings, but I would like the feedback. I'd like to know if I was on point with it or not. Um, because if not, I'd like to adjust, uh, and shift fire and address it at a later time on another episode so we can dial this thing in and get it right. Um, I hope that through my transparency of you know, I speak about some not, some not so proud moments on here, but I hope that maybe I can get through to some of the guys too that are listening. Um, cause I would hate to know that I have daughters that are, are more capable than doing a job that some guys can't even do that aren't being welcomed appropriately to that job just because of their gender. You know, it's kind of stupid. It's bullheaded. Um, so having said that, Fire away. Give me your questions. Hope you enjoyed episode 10. I don't know what's in store for episode 11. We'll see. Um, Again, take your feelings and do something with them. Stop being so butthurt. But I know most people on here that follow me, you're like me. You're uh, you're pretty rugged, rough around edges, folks. Um, So you don't really get your feelings hurt too easily. So um, there's an old saying in comedy. If I'm I'm performing in front of 100 people and 99 are laughing but one isn't, I become more fixated on the one that's not than the 99 that are. And you can't help that. It's the same as in this. When I'm doing these episodes, a lot of people are getting enjoyment. But that one person that has something negative to say or if it rubbed them wrong, you can't help. You're just like, man, fuck. <laughs> and, and it's not right. It's like what you should do is be like, you know what? Fuck it. Get get up the street. God damn it. I got 99 other people who are having a good day. So, hey, y'all go kick some ass this week. Uh, can't wait for this episode to air so I can get this feedback coming. Y'all be safe. And until then, fist bump on YouTube. Bam. See y'all later. Bye.